From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Ayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WizPolitics.com. He provides a roundup of the Wisconsin developments you need to know. Here's our latest conversation. Hello, J.R. How's it going? Welcome to Capital Notes. It's good. So last week, GOP Assembly Speaker Robin Voss announced that Republicans are meeting privately to get some sort of medical marijuana legalization bill off the ground. This is after years of saying no to really any type of marijuana legalization. What do you know about this? Well, remember, Robin Voss has said a number of times in the past years that he was open to the idea of medical marijuana, said it was a feasible alternative to opioids, which are highly addictive. But the resistance has always been in the state Senate. Current leader Devin Lemahue had raised concerns that he wasn't there unless the FDA had approved it for use or he classified it as a drug. Previous Senate leader Scott Fitzgerald also had issues with it. And the reality was that that Senate Republican caucus wasn't really on board with medical marijuana. Well, Lemahue pushed open the door a crack when he said earlier this year that his caucus was getting there on that proposal. And then Voss came in and said, well, my caucus isn't there yet. And people thought, oh, that meant that you know he was flipping or that the assembly was you know, backing off. Really what Robin was getting at was that he had 16 new members and he wasn't really sure where everybody was at. So these talks are significant because they're getting a feel of where these members are, if they're on board with this idea, and what the parameters would be. And the details are always very important because remember, looking at the Marquette University Law School poll, like it's like 80% or more of registered voters in Wisconsin support medical marijuana, some 60% support full legalization, and Democrats, by and large, believe it's time to move to full legalization. We are kind of an, becoming an island when it comes to marijuana compared to states around us. So what I'm watching for are what's in this bill. Can you smoke it? Is it edibles? Can you take drops? Can you grow your own? You know, what's a prescription look like? Do you have to get one? What maladies will be covered by medical marijuana? There's all kinds of details like that to be worked out that you got to see what that looks like first for, you know, if one, if Republicans can get on board with it. And two, would Democrats come and, and join uh, in supporting that? Because again, a lot of Democrats are like, hey, we should be going further than just medical marijuana. In fact, Governor Evers in his budget included a proposal to legalize marijuana for recreational purposes. So uh, we're a long way from a finish line, but there's definitely movement on the issue. It's a question is what, what do those details look like when it's all said and done? Politically, do you think that it looks like Republicans and Democrats could get on board for something that's only medical marijuana when, you know, our neighbors in Michigan and Illinois have legalized recreational use? And you mentioned that Governor Evers had put in a proposal to legalize recreational marijuana in his budgets. Do you see a consensus around something that's would be considered a compromise? Uh, not yet. We're not there yet. And the other question is, will the Republicans put a bill on the floor even if they have enough votes to pass it with their own caucuses for for most issues. Republicans have been hesitant to put bills on the floor unless they had 50 Republican votes in the Assembly and 17 in the Senate. Those numbers allow you to pass a bill without Democratic support. Um, would they put a bill on the floor if it was short of those marks in both houses or, e- or either house and require Democrats to support it? Because when you need votes minority party, you empower the minority party to make demands or seek changes. And that makes things kind of difficult to manage at times. So I'm really watching how this develops, uh, where the caucuses end up being on this. And for Republicans, you know, there is definitely a concern that legalizing medical marijuana goes as a gateway to recreational. And Robin Voss has been adamant he's not there on that and probably never will be. So 
And that's in the back of their minds, this whole discussion is, is anything that we're doing with medical marijuana to open the door to recreational, which is a step too far for a lot of Republicans. So what's the political calculus for Republicans to get behind medical marijuana? Is it because we're heading into the 2024 elections? Like what, 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 what's it, behind that? It's just uh, popular. I mean, you look at the polls, people are supportive of it. And again, things are changing around us. So uh, there's a reality there that, and too, you know, I think for Republicans, there are a number who are advocates of this issue. We've seen more Republicans supporting bills on medical marijuana in recent sessions in years past. So there's definitely been a shift uh, in the party with this. But there are other things that are popular that Republicans are not getting behind, like expanding Medicaid mm-hmm. or even abortion rights. The key is they have advocates. When you have advocates in your caucus, that's what helps make things move. And you have advocates like Mary Felskowski, a Republican from up in Irma, northern Wisconsin. There are people who are really pushing the idea and have been working on this for a while, trying to get their caucus to come along. Okay. So there were quite a few other bills that state legislators took up last week. One of them was the Assembly approving a bill that the Senate had already passed to increase penalties for carjacking. There's bipartisan support for this. Can you tell us what that bill is about and if Evers is likely to sign it? It looks like Evers will. Actually, it's it's a one-two punch that were put together, increasing the penalties and allowing local governments to pass resolutions uh, or policies to confiscate the vehicles of those who don't pay their fines. And so there are two bills, uh, one he signed, another one on the way to his desk. Uh, you're seeing this as a big issue in Milwaukee and Madison, particularly in Milwaukee, with carjackings. And you know, the governor in his budget has a number of uh, safe driving proposals he says would help with the issue. I don't know if Republicans will embrace all of those or any of them, but they did get on board with this, and there's bipartisan support. So that's moving through, uh, and we'll see if it has an impact because it's still a problem again, particularly in Milwaukee. We saw new crime numbers from the city last week, and it's still still a problem they're trying to get their hands wrapped around in the city. One Marquette law professor who's an expert on sentencing has explained that really what deters crime is the certainty of getting punished, not the length of one's punishment. And especially during a time where there's bipartisan support for reducing mass incarceration around the country, which has an outsized effect on communities of color. Why do you see bipartisan support for this? Uh, because people are tired of it. They're tired of what's going on. They're tired of reckless driving. They're tired of seeing guys, people driving down the street in, in a menacing way. I mean, it's just, it's a fatigue. And there's definitely uh, places where Democrats feel like joining Republicans and, hey, this is, this is a problem. We got to address it somehow. So I'm not a sociologist. I can't tell you whether it's going to make a big impact or not, but it definitely is going to be something they're going to, well, we have to see how they use it going forward and what's going to, how it's going to, if it's going to deter things in Milwaukee after this. There's also a second of two reckless driving bills that will be sent to Evers' desk. It would double fines and imprisonment for reckless driving. Is there anything additional about that one that you'd like to tell us about? No, that's that one-two punch. You increase the penalties, but you also empower local governments to be able to pass resolutions to confiscate cars, those who don't pay the penalties. So We'll see if those things work in concert with each other to help cut the issue, cut down the issue. And that those bills have kind of opened up a discussion around the perceptions of Milwaukee around the state. And, you know, what are some of the things that you're hearing from non-Milwaukee lawmakers and what are Milwaukee lawmakers responding about that? Oh, there's still a perception that Milwaukee is not a very safe place. And I know the city is working hard to try and push back on that. We saw the crime stats, but they're are problem areas, right? I think uh, murders or homicides were down the first quarter of the year, something like that, but there are other things going on. And so you're trying to push back on this this image 
these questions about crime in the city and how do you address it. Republicans are antsy about uh, sentences being handed out and by circuit court judges. You have the National Convention coming next summer, I should say. Concerns about safety, it's all kinds of stuff like that. And the city is trying to push, push back on this notion that it's not a safe place to be. And this is one way to address those things. Milwaukee Representative Christine Sinicki, a Democrat of Milwaukee, said that the city needs more shared revenue, not legislators from elsewhere in the state accusing it of being a dangerous place. What can you share about that? Is that a conversation that you're hearing? No, or lawmakers are right now as we speak trying to figure out shared revenue and how to do it, increase in aids to local governments. The question is going to be how much, what's that package look like? And oh, by the way, Milwaukee City and County have massive pension problems coming up very short, in short order. So there's talk about whether there should be an additional sales tax for the Milwaukee area to help pay for those costs. I mean, there's a lot, be, a lot of moving pieces right now in the Capitol on Milwaukee. And one thing, you know, Democrats are frustrated that Republicans haven't done more for state aid local governments in years past. Like that has hampered local communities to deal with these issues because those payments have been flat. And you add in that flat state aid with property tax caps, it's made it difficult to raise the resources to do some things. But the Republicans were also frustrated with Milwaukee and wish that it was run a different way, right? And I feel like this pension problem has got to be taken care of once and for all to move past it. The question is, how do you get it taken care of? Because Milwaukee, city and county both face a serious financial cliff in the coming years with their pension obligations. If they can't get their hands wrapped around that, they are in for a world of hurt. And that's a big question. You know, the city of Milwaukee has to succeed, people will say, for the state to succeed. I know it's every place I've lived, the big city is kind of, you know, frowned upon by out-state folks is sucking up resources and taking things, but it's also part of the economic engine of the state. And they need Milwaukee to do well to help make sure Wisconsin does well. And behind the scenes, are you hearing conversations of Republicans getting on board with increasing that kind of support? Yes, there is a desire for some kind of reforms. That's going to be a key piece of whatever package it is. You know, how do you define reforms, right? That's the big thing. Is it changing the pension system, Milwaukee County and city? Is it doing something else? Is it having minimum requirements for uh, spending on police, fire, and EMS? Those are all parts of the conversation. But Republican leadership has kind of come to the conclusion we have to do something. The key is going to be getting out state lawmakers to buy into it we're kind of wondering, why are we doing something for Milwaukee? What, what makes them so special? Wouldn't this shared revenue affect municipalities around the state? Or would there be a special package just dealing with Milwaukee? Oh, yeah. I mean, remember the governor put in his budget proposal an idea to take one penny of every five cents from the sales tax and dedicate it toward local aids. Now, that's not all just these aid payments to counties and municipalities. It covers other things. But that was the idea was putting this money into a dedicated fund that would then rise as sales selections go up because they've gone up year to year, every year but two, last 20 years when I've looked back. And this would give um, local governments an increase, help them deal with rising costs. Those payments have been uh, flat for more than a decade after kind of a series of cuts. So Evers put that in his budget. Republicans are working to kind of revamp that. They weren't big fans of the governor's proposal. They want their own. And the question, like everything in capital, is can the governor and Republican lawmakers get the same page an idea that they both have the same goal. It's how they get there that is different. All right. Moving on to a topic that also related to legislation that people were talking about last week. There was a bill approved in the state Senate 
to let judges grant attorneys fees in open records lawsuits if the records have been voluntarily released after a lawsuit is filed. So that's a mouthful. Basically, I'd like to know what, if you can explain to listeners how open records requests function in government and why some say that it's important for people who sue to get records get reimbursed for the cost of hiring their attorneys. Well, the process can be expensive. And what really set this up was the state Supreme Court last summer in a 4-3 ruling found that you can only get uh, payments for attorney's fees in an open record lawsuit if you have some level of success. Basically, the court rules in your favor in some way, shape, or form. Because what had been going on before was, you know, if you get denied a record, you file a lawsuit, the authority that has that record feels pressured by the lawsuit and turns it over, well, you've had to file a suit to get the record so you could get compensation, get your attorney's fees cover some part of them. And the court said, no, I can't do that anymore. And what open government advocates say is that that's a big problem because you could have an entity that has a record that could, for example, get sued after refusing to turn over a record and put it off and delay and delay and delay until the last minute they know they're going to lose in court, turn it over, and you don't have to pay anything. This bill would change that to allow you to get uh, legal fees if you go through this process, even without having that kind of official order in your favor if the records are released. It's a big deal for advocates to have this there. Um, it passed with bipartisan support. You gotta watch it go through the assembly uh, and the governor's office, but for open, open government advocates, it's a big deal because it's expensive to fight governments that have lawyers on staff to get records. All right. Well, again, thanks for unpacking all this for us, JR. And thanks for joining me on Capital Notes. Anytime. That was JR Ross of WizPolitics.com speaking with me, WUWM's Mayan Silver. Listen for our segments every Monday with an extended segment on Lake Effect. And check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>